Hey everybody, it's episode 401 of PodQuest. Hey. It's Wednesday, April 20th, 2022. I am Chris. With me is Druton. Hello. And Walnut. Yes, I'm here. Hello. Are you sure? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Am I? I'm fucked if I know. I know. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, exactly. For for all we know, you're in a coma somewhere. This is just some sort of weird, like, dream state you're in. So I'm just dreaming of a pod. I'm making a podcast. And I'm not actually mm-hmm. making one? Yeah, it's like Ash and Pokemon. Everything past the first episode has just been, like, a fucking coma dream after he got uh, attacked and then electrocuted at the end of the first episode. Yep. you think my coma dream would have my podcast have more listeners. No, you're very unimaginative. <laughs> okay. okay. It, it's it's the same reason why Ash it, like Ash in a coma still took him like twenty five years to uh, win any sort of title. Ash is the worst Pokemon trainer. Well, it's because he, he he's been perpetually ten because he's just in a dream. He doesn't he you can't get better if you if you uh you don't know anything. I'm pretty sure I know eight year olds who'd be better than him even if he was ten. Actually, 10. like he's a bad Pokemon trainer. He he he's, he's got heart and gumption, but he's a horrible Pokemon trainer. Well, he didn't do any of the research. He didn't know going in what type advantages were. Like, you live in this world. How are you not going to know that, like, a, a thing made out of rock, not real susceptible to electricity? Like, that's just common fucking sense. He's an idiot. He's just an idiot, man. And his his mom bangs a Pokemon, which is weird. Like, I don't know why you would dream that. Mm. <laughs> oh, man. Maybe his dad was a clown. But a mime Figuratively isn't a clown. or literally. A mime isn't a clown, though. Yeah, but Mr. Mime kind of has a clown face. He does, mm-hmm. he does. But, yeah, I don't know. I honestly don't know. It's just, It's been a day. It has. It has. It definitely. I'm, like, weirdly tired for some reason. That's that's me every day, so get on my level. That's because <laughs> you don't sleep enough. You need to start going to bed at 10.30 like I do. That, you know, you need to stay up later like we all do. And True, don't you go to bed at, sleep. like, 10 o'clock also? Mm-hmm. So you can't say, like, we all do, Rich. You're but, the only one here that goes to bed after 10. But Drew also wakes up at, like, 3 in the morning. I wake up at, like, 5, between 5.30 and 6.30. That's crazy. Yeah. Like, I wake up, like, today I was up at 5.50, because I have to wake up, walk one of the dogs, get ready for work, and then leave by, like, 6.15. You see, 6.15, I, 6.30. But you see, here you go, you 10 to 6, I'm 12 to 8, so it's it's the same. We get the same amount of sleep. Yeah, but see, I go to I go up at ten, but I don't fall asleep till like probably eleven thirty, twelve. I have the worst time falling asleep. I I'm a very light sleeper and a very bad sleeper. I used to be a very heavy sleeper. It's a few within the past like couple months, I've become a much lighter sleeper. Yeah, no, I'm like the opposite of a light sleeper. Like the the slightest thing will wake me up, and it generally even when I'm ex- excuse me, even when I'm like exhausted, it takes me forever to actually fall asleep. Mm-hmm. That's why I go up at 10, because, like, even if I were to go up at 12, then it's, like, one thirty that I'm finally falling asleep. I don't know what that life is like. Must be nice. I don't. I've always been like that, though. Like, unless I am, like, at the point where I'm actually just falling asleep already, um, it's never, like, quick for me to fall asleep. Yeah, I've had few nights where it's, like, I can't sleep, no matter what I try, but most of the time, even, most of the time, uh, when I go to bed... It's because I'm tired and falling asleep, and I can fall right to sleep. It's generally why I don't go to bed till like, midnight, because that's when I'm actually starting to fall asleep. Yeah, that is not me go. in any stretch of the imagination. Go. Going to bed at 10 o'clock would be useless, because I would not sleep, and I'd end up watching Netflix for three hours. Well, that's true. You also, you're also one of the people that can't go to sleep in silence, so... I can't do anything in silence. Silence freaks me the fuck out. 
yeah, like, I, I can go to sleep with things playing, but I hate doing it. Like, I don't want the TV on, because I'm just going to want to watch the TV. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I, yeah. See, that's why I tend to have things on that I'm, I've am i already watched a million times, because I don't actually have to pay attention to it. It's just there as white noise. And I've tried white noise before, and that doesn't really help. I need, like, actual stuff going on. And I used to do music. I used to do uh, Pandora. But the breaks between songs would get too long when it's loading sometimes that it would wake me up. Because I'd, like, I'd wake up like, what the fuck, what's going on? Because, like, my brain would be like, oh, it's asking you if you're still listening. You've, you haven't, you've been awake too long. You need to turn it on and say, yes, you're still listening so you can fall back asleep. And then the song would start. And then I'd try to, I'd have to start the whole process of falling back asleep. Yeah, that sounds awful. Now, if you just went to sleep with no sound, that wouldn't have been a problem. But I can't. I <laughs> that freaks me out. Like no, sa- I I I used to think my problem was darkness. Like I used to be afraid of the dark. It's not being afraid of the dark. It's being I, I there there is like an actual phobia, and it's not as much a phobia, but it does give me anxiety. So I guess it kind of is a phobia. But you are afraid of being left alone with your own mortality. N- I'm I'm af- <laughs> I'm afraid of I'm afraid of deep silence. And like, there's, there's a, there are like acoustic rooms where you can walk in and you can hear your heartbeat. That's how quiet it is and how well it's done. If I were to walk into those rooms, I'd probably maybe only last a minute or two before I'd be like, I gotta, I gotta get out of here. Well, that sounds like a new, uh, new stream goal for you. Get, have Richie go do a float, one of those sensory deprivation oh. floats. <laughs> or like, like he was saying, like, like those acoustic rooms where like, there is zero sound in those rooms, so, like, you do end up, like, hearing, like, like, you can hear your heart beat and, like, like your veins pumping and stuff like that in the weirdest ways. Um, you just go in there with, like, a GoPro or, like, your your cell phone um, recording you. Mm-hmm. And then post it to your, your and, like, watch it on Twitch with your chat later. Yeah. I, I mean, the, I the don't know. The 30 seconds before you freak out and run out of the room screaming with your hands <laughs> in the air. I don't know if there's any really good acoustic rooms nearby to be able to do that. The rooms I'm, I'm sure talking about are like in like England and shit. Um, but I do have a new uh, reward points reward on uh, on Twitch. I just added it today. I'm just gonna tell you the initials, and you're gonna have to come check out my Twitch twitch.tv slash we underscore one. Let's find out what it is. It's just the initials is PPUAF. Um, yeah, if you want to know what it is, come check. That's out disgusting. What? <laughs> I'm not what it's that's the, that, it's, that is a get that is against terms of services. No, it's not. PPUAF has nothing to be against <laughs> terms of service. I don't know. <laughs> Why don't you tell us what it is, and then we'll make the decision on that. I mean, you have to come check out my stream and 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 redeem the point rewards, or yeah, just that's click never the or just click the button for the point rewards. That's absolutely never going to happen. No, I know it's not going to happen because we had somebody on this uh, podcast who came to watch my stream and then complained about ads. And then when I told him he could use his Amazon Prime account to 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 uh, uh, subscribe for a month and not get ads, he didn't do it. I've already used it. You said you didn't. You said, said but what if I already me. used it? And you're like, oh, I didn't. I'm actually not 100% sure if I've used it this month or not. I normally See, I, do I, use it. Uh, yeah, I I usually use it on like Twitch streams that I actually like watch that are like during times where like I would watch a Twitch stream. You unfortunately only do it at night, like for obvious reasons, like you're working during the day. Um, and like I'm not watching Twitch streams at like seven, eight o'clock at night. Like we're watching television at that point. Well, maybe 
you could just open up your laptop or tablet and just have the Twitch on in the background while you're watching TV. I mean, two, three nights a week just doing that, it feeds my numbers. And you, you, you subscribe so that it feeds me getting, it just feeds me. Like, no, but I'm not subscribing because I'm using my, I'm using my Amazon Prime on like Twitch channels I actually watch. Or you could use it on your friend. Eh. I know. Friend, friend is a tough word. I know. (laughs) I know. Look, if, if your content was interesting to me, I would certainly throw you the, the thing. But like, Twitch is aggressive with ads. I'm sure, I'm sure you guys know that. Like, it's, I mean, it's, it's only aggressive with ads depending on the person, depending on the streamer. No, no, I don't know. Like, if, like, a streamer has ads and you happen to, like, have to refresh the page or, like, reopen the app or something like that on a mobile device, you have to just rewatch the same fucking ad again. Um, sometimes it doesn't do it, but, like, it, it's not consistent with that. So, like, if, if there is a, a stream that, like, I watch regularly, I throw them the, the Twitch Prime so that I can just watch their shit without having to deal with those fucking ads. I mean, again, that, that's uh, dependent on the streamer. You could have it so that entry ads aren't on. I know, but every streamer that has, like, ad support has yeah. entry ads on. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know that I've ever seen one. Games done quick when they are doing their streams will run, like, their own baked-in ads. And then they will occasionally, like, if they're doing a, like, um, like an equipment reset, they will run, like, midstream ads. But I don't know. And that, that's when it's a week-long, like, 24-7 stream. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't know anyone else that, that I watch, at least, or have ever watched, that does, like, midstream ads. It's always, like, pre-roll. I have, I have uh, ads once an hour. Um, oh, what an absolute asshole. Right, I'm, I'm streaming for three hours or more. Just let me get that little bit of revenue from you, from from <laughs> from you guys. Okay, that 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 three cents per million views. Like, let me get that. Like, I can even go and show you my analytics, or not. I'm not going to show you my analytics, but I can go <laughs> into my analytics right now. And for March, I believe I did the math, or not, not did the math. Like, you can just pull it right up. Let's go into the creator dashboard. Um, channel analytics, uh, March, 2020 revenue and, um, ad revenue with once an hour for, I believe I have it set for 30 seconds once an hour, yeah, $3 and 23 cents for the entire month of March. Okay. So I got, I got $20, just under $20 in subs. No, I got $20 in subs and gifted subs, both prime and non. And then I made $3 in ads, and I made uh, just under three dollars in in cheering in bits. So it's like, you know, let me just if if you're not gonna sub, let me get that uh, two cents off you. But see, that's why I don't want to watch your your stream because of these fucking ads. It's look, I here's here, my biggest problem right now is I I want they they don't tell me when the ads are gonna be. They're supposed that's, to tell that's me. That's frustrating. They're supposed to tell me. I have it set to like notify me when an ad is going to happen. So like, if I'm getting into a boss fight in, in Mega Man or something, I can take a quick like. I can tell it like, no, no ad right here. Like, let's take a break from the ads until I get to a stopping point where it's like, all right, guys, there's going to be a quick ad. I'm I'll go get a drink or whatever, and and then come back. Um, but maybe on like the stream manager it tells me, but like on my ch- personal chat it won't tell me 
if anything's coming up. So I yeah, you probably need to have the stream manager I, open. Well, that. I need which I need a second monitor in order to do. So it's you got well, you monitors just make, sitting right there. They're <laughs> my work monitors that are connected to my computer. We've been through this. I can't do that. I mean, you can. You just unplug it, plug it into your PC, and then unplug it again, plug it back into your work PC. You know how much of a pain in the ass is going to be? Come a on, big pain in the ass. All? <laughs> That's a pain in the ass. Just, you, just you get, already know so, how terrible I am with wire management. So just get a single like DisplayPort cable or whatever like your work PC monitor and your PC will support, and have it plugged into your PC. And then when you're ready to use it, plug it into your work mod. Or y'all could subscribe to me on twitch.tv slash be and not even have to deal with ads. Or you could um, use that 20 bucks you, you made last month and buy yourself a monitor. I can't until I make 100 bucks. <laughs> that sucks. And, it, I get, I, and I've already said this a million times to a lot of people. It's not the monitor. I've got other monitors. It's the plug space. I do not have any spare plugs in this area of the, the house to be able to plug in another monitor unplug something else everything i use well i mean i haven't used my ps5 in forever but it's like every every plug is used down there i don't know man i'm hearing lots of excuses zero solutions Mm -hmm. give me a solution i just we did you you gave me all of the reasons why they weren't solutions if i if i I don't have anything to unplug and i'm not going to be swapping out those every every time i stream three four times a week even more Depending, it takes thirty seconds. That's a, still a pain in the ass with how my setup is. Thirty seconds or or not, it's still a pain. It's gonna be a pain. Plus, I told you I wake up at eight o'clock when I'm supposed to be clocked in. So having to fight at eight o'clock in the morning as I'm groggy as hell to plug my work computer back in because you know I ain't gonna fucking remember to do that at night. It's it's just it's, well, it's, start going to bed at a proper time. Get up early so you can shower and get all prepped for your work day. I work from home. Who fucking showers from if, in the morning if they work from home? I take the afternoon shower. Me. Now, man. Afternoon showers <laughs> where it's at. Yeah, no, I I take afternoon showers also. Do Unless both. Ha- you work from home. Shower on company time. <laughs> I do. That's why I wait to clock in and then I shower. In the afternoon, when all my work is done. I mean, that that is the way to do it. And then I take a shit as well, because, <laughs> you know, taking too many showers is bad for your skin. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't want to take two showers a day. That's too much. Unless, like, I needed to. Like, if I, like, did something and was dirty and, like, needed another one. Yeah, which is generally why you just wait until you're done doing whatever you're doing to get the shower. Yeah, like, well, yeah, you know, like, shit happens. I mean, if you're, like, literally mm-hmm. stepping in shit, yeah, it happens. Yeah, I mean... And Rich, like, judging by how lazy we just discovered you were that you can't just unplug and replug a cable, like, who knows? Maybe you just shit your pants all day. Maybe you need two showers. Look, <laughs> sometimes I just, I get in the middle of something like watching Midnight, and the urge happens, and I'm just like, you know what, I'll just let it happen. That's why I take the afternoon shower. So you're, like feeling... a to- you're like, you're just like a toddler. Like, you don't know what that feeling is, so you just kind of let it happen, and all of a sudden you're just sitting in a pile of your own waste. Yeah, I mean, anytime you hear me on stream, like, Chase, Jesus Christ, it's I'm not actually mad at Chase. Like, I had shit myself, and I was just still sitting in a darn stream. You call yourself Chase. Yeah. I blame it on the dog, but it's actually me. Yeah, no, that, that tracks. Um, We've been talking about nonsense um, for, like, 20 minutes. You guys want to actually get started? Nah. I, no, no. I mean, look, when it comes to our first topic, this is pretty much how it's going to be with that movie. So, like, got to get people used to nonsense. Well, Rich, what's on the agenda? 
so a uh, a trailer. I think this was a stealth release for this trailer. I don't think they've mentioned anything about it. Uh, for the next Thor movie, Thor: Love and Thunder, uh, uh, was uh, released on Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday. Uh, Cobb, you watched The Witcher. I played the new game coming out from, I believe it's uh, Asteroid Labs, but it's published by Goblin Studios, uh, Terraformers that they they sent us a copy for, and so I I got to play it. Talk about that. I showed these guys a, a bit about it. And then, uh, Cobb, you played some, uh, Chrono Cross Radical Dreamers edition, uh, that we're gonna get into. But I guess we should just start with Thor, right? I mean, that seems like the logical jumping on point, since that was the, the first thing on the agenda, right? No, I think we're gonna, let's go backwards. Uh, guys, a reminder, for Book Club, we're watching Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 1 and 2 next week. Yeah. And, you're just, you're you- just gonna make everything more confusing for me later on with the, uh, with timestamps, <laughs> and I don't appreciate it. <laughs> So Kyle, tell us about no. We'll talk. We'll do. We'll do Thor. Um. So I, you guys both watched the Thor trailer, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes, I did. Like that was that was a decent trailer. Like it's it's close to when the movie launches. And Rich, you're right. Like there was nothing that I saw that like it was like we knew a trailer was had to be coming because the movie comes out in July. But like I don't think there was that build up the way they have been doing for trailers the last. 10 years. I'll be 100% honest. I didn't even realize the movie was coming out in July. I thought it was a, I thought it was a late movie, a late season. So like a, a fall movie. I didn't I realize think it, it got was summer. moved around a couple of times, but it's been yeah. like a July release for a while. Cause are they still doing three movies this year? Or is it just Dr. Strange and Thor? Well, it's Spider- Spider-Man was last year. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, it's Spider-Man Dr. Strange, Thor, and I think there's one more. I can't remember. Um, I'm looking it up real quick. And I oh, they have uh the um the the Miss Marvel series is the only other thing I can think of. No, Bla- Black Panther comes in November. Oh wow, Black Panther. And Shit, then man. Early next year, so February 2023. It's, we're getting three movies in 2023 actually, also assuming they all stick. Um the Marvels, so like the the Captain Marvel sequel is February. Guardians Volume 3 is May. And Ant-Man and the Wasp is July. So they're actually, assuming they don't move those at all, they're kind of like, they're, they're kind of jamming those three movies all up in the, uh, like the first half of 2023 versus like this year where it's like a May movie, a July movie, a November movie. They, they used to do, they used to put them all up front though. I remember it being February, May, and July. I think, um, I have a feeling it was Captain Marvel. Was February Captain Mar? So Captain Marvel is is definitely in 2019 was an odd one because you had Captain Marvel came out in March because they had to have that out before Endgame. Yeah, and then we had Endgame in April, and then Which, but Spar Endgame from Home was, in July. But Endgame was supposed to be May, but they decided to just release it a few, like two weeks early. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, March. Yeah, so they used to front load the year or most of the year. With the movies and then have us wait six months again. So it, it it's there seems like they're getting back to the normal schedule. Well, I mean, like you had Iron Man three and Thor two both came like came out May in November. Um, and then you had Guardians Volume two was May. Spider Man Homecoming was July. Thor Ragnarok was November. So like it seems like they kind of alternate. Like some years it's like kind of front loaded in like spring and summer. And then other years, they kind of have them spaced out a little bit throughout the year. So you get a little bit more, like, 
you're not just getting bombarded with the movies all the time. Like there's, you know, there's a little bit of space between them. But um, as far as the Thor Love and Thunder trailer goes, I thought that was a fun trailer. Yeah. Honest, honestly, uh, it's kind of exactly what I was expecting for this movie. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm, like, I agree. Yeah, like, I'm not expecting a major superhero blockbuster type thing with this. I'm I'm expecting some sort of silly, wonky thing that they showed. And it, 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 it seems like they're kind of pushing into a, like, a coming-of-age tale for fucking Thor. Yeah, yeah. Which, which, you know what? That makes sense with everything that he's gone through with the loss of his entire fucking family and his people. Like, he now needs to become the, the, the true king of Asgard. That, like, it makes sense that he has this coming of age story finally. But it, it's, it's just weird because, uh, Marvel is kind of doing a lot of their seemingly origin stories in pseudo reverse at this point. Yeah, you're not wrong. And I think, I think it make it does, like you said, make sense for, for Thor at this point, because you see in, in the trailer, at least, that at least at some point in this movie, he is still sort of the the post-Endgame, out-of-shape Thor yeah. that, like, was was in Endgame. Because there's that one scene in the, in the trailer where he's doing the, like, CrossFit, like, band thing, but with, like, giant fucking chains. Yeah, yeah, he's doing, he's doing the rope training with chains and stuff like that, with chains that are attached to a giant. Um yeah. Um, and then, like, as, at, like, I think the next scene is where he, like, throws the cloak off and, like, he's, like, thin muscular Thor again and is wearing, like, his Ravagers outfit. Yeah. Um, and, like, that's one thing. So I, I said it in the chat with you guys when I first saw the trailer. I feel like, like, James Gunn and Taika Watiti, like, they're leaning into this stuff in, like, the right way. Like, they're just kind of letting it be fun rather than trying to have it be anything more than what it is. Like, it's it's a goofy fucking comic book movie. There's going to be some drama to it. There's going to be comedy. Um, and there's going to be fighting. And, like, DC tends to just be like, all right, well, we, we're just going dark and gritty for four hours. <laughs> and some of the other Marvel stuff tries to lean more on, like, this, like... Like, The Eternals is a good example. Like, it's not that that movie was dark and gritty like the Batman was, but it was definitely more dour. It was more of an epic tale and less of a a, a, a satire type thing, in in a sense. Like, yeah, and it was it was more serious. Like, it still had its like light moments, but it was more serious than it honestly should. Yeah, and like a movie like this, where like you're looking at it, and you know the Guardians are in it. Um, so like that team alone is kind of in the movies, particularly like they're 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 funny. Like, yeah. they're such they're such a mismatched bunch that like they're just funny. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, like, Thor, like, in, in the MCU, Thor has always been funny. It's just not all of the directors and writers let it, let him actually be funny on purpose. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah. as Ragnarok was, like, I, I had fun with Ragnarok, but, like, parts of that movie, they can't, he, like, they leaned into it too much. Fair. And, like, I'm hoping, like, in this one, and it seems like they might, that they might have, they might hopefully have sort of the, the balance of... Him being like goofy and funny in some of the scenes they show, like where Star Lord's having that like voiceover, and you just see Thor kind of like lean into his like field of view, yeah. versus like some of like what I hope are the more like poignant moments, like that the end scene where we get to see Jane Foster Thor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, his his face when he sees Jane, that was that was great. 
Right. It wasn't all that different than his face in Age of Ultron when Cap makes the makes Mjolnir shake a little. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also I did really like the um the the detail of Mjolnir being having like you can tell that it was put back together. Yeah, I'm 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 super excited and interested to see what they did with that and how they go into that. Um, like I hope it's I hope it's more of like a a, a like they piece it together and it's not just a Jane shows up and she just tells Thor what happened. I hope it's more of like a back and forth with the movie where it's like, here's Thor and how he's been dealing after Endgame, but here's also Jane and what she's been doing. Yeah, I'm I'm curious if they're going to try and play it anything like they did in the comics. So we are we know that the villain is is Christian Bale. I I totally forgot Christian Bale was in this. Um, and he's Gore the God Butcher, which is a recent like. All, everything they're doing here as far as, like, Jane Foster is Thor and Gore the God Butcher is from more recent Thor runs. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're definitely pulling from, like, the recent comics versus, like, pulling from, like, history. But in that, so before Jane became Thor, um, she had, she had like, terminal cancer. And at the time, like, something weird, I forget what happened with Asgard, but she was basically, like, the Earth representative for, like, the realms in, like, this weird parliament thing that Asgard had. Mm-hmm. Um, but when she picked up the hammer, she transforms, like, more so than I think they did in the the trailer. It's like, you're not going to, like, have a different actress play Thor instead of Natalie Portman. You're just going to have her do the whole thing. Um, but so, like, Jane Foster in the comics is sort of, like, small and she was very frail and weak because she was going through chemo she didn't like she she wore like the the head wrap thing because she had lost her hair and all from that um versus when she picked up the hammer like she grew several inches um became blonde and also had like the armor and the i don't know if if you saw it in the trailer but she like her helmet is also kind of like a mask that comes down to like her nose yeah um so like you couldn't actually tell who she was even when she takes off the the helmet, like, the character looks different enough because she's just a different size, different hair color, different build, that, like, you don't know it's Jane. But, like, I don't see them being able to do that and have Thor be that dumb that he doesn't recognize this person just because mm-hmm. she has, like, a metal helmet over her eyes. Yeah. Um. So I'm curious how they'll actually play that. I, I don't I don't think they're going to play it into, like, her keeping secrets. Because that's, that's one thing the MCU doesn't do is keep secrets. Like, it's, except for with Spider-Man. Spider-Man's the only hero that no one knows who Spider-Man is. Now, at least. Um, but, like, MCU doesn't keep secrets. MCU doesn't hide things from, from, That's from true. players. So it's like, Thor is going... Either Jane is going to immediately show that she's Jane, or Thor's going to pick it up right away, or within, like, the first half hour of her showing up. Or potentially last half hour, depending on when it is she shows up. Yeah. Yeah, and that, we don't know. Like, she, she that stuff may be very early in the movie. Because, like, it seems like at least part of this movie will be Thor feeling, like, unworthy for his role. Like, he is given the reins of Asgard to Valkyrie, who, like, as we see in the trailer, is kind of a, um... She's more she, she's more stuck in, like, a diplomatic role mm-hmm. than I think she wants to be. Um, And, like, all that voiceover makes it sound like Thor is sort of, like... Like you said, like, it's almost like a, um... Like, a coming-of-age, like, self-discovery thing. But there's that one scene where he's almost, like, leaving... Um, I forget what the Stormbreaker... No, Stormbreaker is Beta Ray Bills. I forget what his new axe hammer is called. But 
he's like leaving that kind of like stuck in dirt, almost like at a grave or something. Yeah, I, I don't think he actually left it. I, like, who knows though? Like, we don't know how. Yeah, trailers are cut weird. Yeah, we don't know how we cut that trailer. Like, maybe that might be the end of the fucking movie where he finally gets Mjolnir back and puts uh, the, the 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 axe there because he wants to use a hammer again. Who knows? That's yeah. You know what? That's true. I hadn't really thought about that. Um, but yeah, I'm just I'm curious to see how they how they lean into all this because like the I know like the the way they wrapped up the comic stuff with Jane and with the God Butcher was eventually everyone finds out that Jane is Thor. Um, and to defeat the God Butcher, she actually sends him with Mjolnir into the sun and kind of both things are destroyed, mm-hmm. at least for a time. Um, so like, I wonder if they're just going to destroy Mjolnir again at the end of this. <laughs> I, I hope not. I hope they like, cause it seems like they are trying to build up to like maybe not having Hemsworth Thor, or at least for a while, similar to what they did with, um, uh, Evans and, and America, uh, Captain America, like. I hope it would be silly for them to bring something back just to destroy it right away. Like they could have found a different storytelling otherwise. Like I think that was that would be just boring and like uncool to especially to introduce this character that a lot of people do want or reintroduce this character a lot of people want and then just get rid of them at the end of the movie. Like if anything I feel like what may happen is one of the credit stingers might be you finding out that maybe Jane Foster does have cancer, like they did in the comic. And like, yeah, that's using, entirely possible. Using using the power of Thor does advance it, like they did in the comics. Um, like maybe they'll throw something like that in, and then it'll be like, oh my god, what do they do? And that's when maybe you deal with uh, who is the big bad is it's Modok, right? Or he who is not named. Um, yeah. Wait, Modok? Isn't that the bad guy? Isn't that who the bad guy from Loki was supposed to be? Or no, that's who the bad guy in 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 uh, Quantum Realm is supposed to be, I think, right? I think no, no, Mod- Modok is um is the 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 thing from the Avengers game, the yeah, yeah right, the the giant head with the little legs and arms. Um, yeah, it's like a mechanical organism designed only for killing or something like that. Is what he stands for. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, in in the Loki show, it was Kang the Conqueror. Kang is that's who it. that guy was supposed to be. Or, like, it, that variation of him was, I think, supposed to be um, Immortus, which is, like, a older version of Kang, basically. Yeah. So I think um, I, I think everyone has... I think everything has come out to say that, like, the big bad, like, the, the Infinity War type villain that they're going to be dealing with is Kang over the course of the next couple of uh, uh, phases. Yeah. Uh, you know what? That's entirely possible. I was also... I, I was actually just, like, double-checking... It looks like they're actually going to, I don't know if it's like canon or not, but it looks like they might be giving Jane, um, like Thor again, like making her Thor again mm-hmm. in the comics. Um, cause in June, um, Jane Foster and Mighty Thor comes out and the, uh, the little blurb for it is Mjolnir comes crashing through her apartment window. Um, right now, like it's, so this might be like a movie tie-in sort of bullshit, but like, in the comics, she is a Valkyrie. I think she, she is, like, the Valkyrie. And Thor just had to destroy Mjolnir again. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there's been another issue to, like, wrap that up yet. But, like, Mjolnir basically became sentient and started killing things. <laughs> okay. So the, the idea behind Mjolnir, the reason it's so powerful, is Odin harnessed a living storm in space. And then had the dwarves seal it inside this on uh, this 
hammer made of um, Uru or Yuru or however you say it. Like this super hard to work with metal that only these dwarves can use. Yeah. So like literally there is a raging sentient storm alive in Mjolnir constantly and it, it gets free and starts murdering people. It's weird. That's, Comics are weird. Yeah, they, they are. They sure are. They are. Um, but, yeah, the the Thor trailer was definitely... Go check it out. Especially if you're a fan of, of, of this stuff. And let us know what you think of it. I, I see a lot of people online were hating on Taika Waititi about it for one reason or another. Or maybe just generally hating on him for one reason. For just something stupid. I don't really know. Um, But dude, let us know what you think. Yeah. I genu- genuinely, at this point, I think I'd rather just have... um. Watiti and James Gunn just keep making like the stupid superhero movies because at least like they're they're fun goofy popcorn movies. Like, mm-hmm. That's all I really need out of I, these. I, I don't would, need these deep inter- introspective films. I would love to see um, Deadpool three directed by Watiti and, and and James Gunn. That actually that that would be interesting. Um, though I I think Gunn at least definitely does better with like a team dynamic. I don't mm-hmm. know how he would do with just a single character, but like. That's also because the only, like, he's done the two Guardians and Suicide Squad. Yeah, we've and only even, known um, him for those. Yeah, and even in Peacemaker, like, it's an ensemble. Like, yes, Peacemaker is, like, the main character, but there's, you know, half a dozen other main characters that share the screen with him the entire series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Thor, uh, July. We'll, we'll, we'll see how Thor is in July. I hope they don't release 17 more fucking trailers. Like they're doing with fucking uh, Doctor Strange. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like the word, dude. And they're 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 now on VOD. So like, if we're watching like a VOD thing that we're like behind on, I have to see the same commercial four fucking times throughout the course of an episode. Mm. Literally every day I log on to YouTube to watch whatever I'm gonna watch. There's a new Doctor Strange trailer. And I'm just like, come on, guys. Like th- this is the reason why it was fully leaked. That there was going to be other combatants, and the end fight in Spider-Man No Way Home is because all of these different fucking trailers. Stop releasing so many goddamn trailers. Yeah. Like, I understand, like, it's the marketing and all, but, like, there's got to be a better way than releasing new two-minute trailers every other week leading up to a movie. Mm -hmm. You're fucking Marvel. You could say, hey, here's a piece of shit. People are going to go watch it, and you only need to show it once. That's not, like, I mean, like, I don't think that many people went to see, um... What was that movie? Uh, the Eternals, the one we were just talking about before. So, no. Eh. Yeah, but, but, I mean, any movie released in the last two years, like... Yeah, you, yeah, gotta, you, you gotta cut them up. The box office, like, fucking is irrelevant. Yeah. Like... Though, I don't think the Eternals would have made, a like, a big box office return. Like, it would, it would have still made money, and it would have been considered a success. But I don't think it would have had nearly the success that, like, their other movies did, just because... It doesn't have the rewatch power. You're not going to have people that are be like, "Oh yeah, go see this in the theater. I'll go with you and watch it again." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Whereas, it like, is. It's, it's some, definitely... some dude spent three thousand dollars to see Spider-Man: No Way Home two hundred and ninety-two times in the theaters. Why? Um, he he got the Guinness World Record for it. He's also from Florida. That doesn't Good explain for that. Why? Like, why? Why would you? Like, yeah, I I like prided myself in the fact that I saw Avengers three times opening weekend. Um, it was with different groups each time. I think it was three times opening. Um, and I think in total I saw it like four or five times in total in theaters. But like, honestly, more than twice. And I, you're an idiot. And I was, I was an idiot for seeing it five fucking times in theaters. Yep. Two hundred and ninety-two like, times. 
That's just, that's stupid. That's stupid. Yep. No. <laughs> like, he literally just spent days in the theater. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. But you know what? Like, it's his money, and now he's in the Guinness World Record, so. Yeah, and it's, what's that get him? Nothing. No, absolutely not. But, like, you know what? He can he can paste that page on, like, his wall or some shit like that, I'm sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's going to become the next big streamer, and he's going to have it right on his backdrop. I'm the guy who watched <laughs> Spider-Man 200 times in theaters, and I'm the greatest guy ever. And, and then he's going to just have some very terrible shitty takes because he's from Florida. And uh, and he'll mm-hmm. steal your your three viewers, and he'll, he'll drop back down <laughs> to zero. Yeah, yeah, he'll he'll steal my 145 followers, and I just everyone will want to go watch this guy with shitty takes uh, instead of like anything else that's actually legitimate and better than it. If it was just about shitty takes, Rich, you'd have all the followers. No, no, <laughs> I don't have shitty takes. I don't. Okay. Um. So. Did either of you end up watching the second season of The Witcher? I haven't even watched the first, so... <laughs> oh, for some reason I thought you did watch it. Nah, it was on my, like, it's on the list of things I might ever watch someday, but yeah, that's probably not actually going to happen. Yeah. Rich, did you? No, I I wasn't all super thrilled about the first season. Like, I thought at the end of it all it was good and decent, but like, when the second season came out, I'm just like, yeah, alright. I'll, I'll I'll get to it at some point. Yeah, so, that like, was kind of how we were. Yeah. Like I just just kind of kept forgetting it was there. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we ended up watching. It's it's only eight episodes. So we we watched it over the last like mostly over the weekend, and then like finished it up over the last couple of days. Um, the second season was a lot better than the first. Um, I I don't know how much you remember the first season, but it was nonlinear, so it was it was honestly a little hard to follow the story it was, because it like every episode was a different time period yeah. and you had to wait for some sort of fucking context clue to kind of figure out when it might be taking place. Yeah. Hmm. And it wasn't even necessarily like in the same time. Lo- like it wasn't a straightforward timeline. Like episode one, may- episode one was like near the end of the timeline. Episode two was like way, way in the beginning before even episode three or like, but maybe after episode three, like it was just, it wasn't a straightforward timeline either. It was just yeah, like there there were decades between episodes in some cases, and it was back and forth, like thirty years um, towards the present, forty years in the past, like just all over the place. Because you're you're both the first season you were you were seeing the origin of Yennefer, um, you were kind of like learning about Geralt, and then also seeing like. The whole thing with, like, Siri and her family and, and stuff like that, which, mm-hmm. like, all of that drastically different periods of time that, like, it's all happening. Mm-hmm. The second season, it's all pretty much linear. Like, yeah. it picks up from where the, the first season leaves off with Geralt and Siri kind of finding each other in the woods and goes from there. Um, mm-hmm. Occasionally, there's, like, talk about the past. I think there's a couple of flashbacks here and there, but, like... Nothing where it's like a whole episode where it's like, oh, yeah, this whole episode is 20, 20 years ago. Yeah. But we're not going to tell you that. You're just going to have to figure it out because, like, a few characters are going to meet that, like, don't know each other yet. Um, And, like, overall, like, it was just – it was it was easier to follow the act. I don't really rem- – there's nothing in the first season that really stands out to me as, like, a good action sequence other than in one of the first episodes, he ends up killing a bunch of people in a town. And I forget if they were, like, possessed or something, but, like, he's basically getting attacked by, like, four or five people, and he just, one by one, takes them all out. Um, and it's kind of like that, 
that's kind of like the thing that sets it up is like, oh, so like he's a good fighter. Um, but in this season, it's like they're constantly like fighting like giant weird monsters and special effects and stuff actually look really good for, especially for like a Netflix series. They, they definitely put money into the budget for this show. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was just, it felt like a more comprehensible story. Like I know exactly what happened in it and was able to follow like start to finish. Yeah. Um, it's, it still jumps around like character wise. Cause like they're not all always together. So, you know, for the majority of it, like Geralt is with Siri. Cause like they're traveling together and then they get to like the Witcher, like, like, um, stronghold, like castle thing where like all the Witchers return for the winter basically. Um, but then, you know, like Geralt has to like go on some like, adventures for a little while and she's left to like train at the the compound and meanwhile like yennefer has like her own shit going on until like you know they meet up like here and there throughout the throughout the season um and it it actually so i know this show is supposed to be based more on the books than the games um and the games are loosely based on the books from what i've gathered like it's it's not like any game is about any one particular book or, or story um but i think the way that season two ended is setting up for, like, what the main plot of the third game followed. Because, like, there's mention of, like, the Wild Hunt, and, like, Siri seems to be coming into, like, the abilities she has that are, like, supernatural, but not Witcher. Because yeah. she can't be a Witcher. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, it, it's interesting. And, like, they definitely they did a good job with it. And I'm definitely more... I'm more interested to watch season three when it actually comes out versus, like running out of other things to watch and be like, oh, right, I never watched Witcher Season 2. Like, let's throw that on and see how it is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a, it's a good time. We're, we're worth the eight hours it takes to to get through Season 2 if you've already seen Season 1. Yeah, it's it, it, it. I heard better things for this season. I just, like I said, it's just one of those things that I was like, I'm just, I'll get to it eventually. At some point, mm-hmm. I'll get to it. Um. And I like I'll, I'll probably try to sit down and watch it in, in the next couple of weeks or so because it it was also like you said it like it came out and then I forgot about it. and it also came out right around the time where you were also trying to play catch up on most of the CW stuff because like it came out in um in like mid December mm-hmm. and you were like actively trying to get through all the CW stuff so that you didn't have to wait till everything ended again yeah yeah uh but yeah so that's that's The Witcher um. I liked it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah, it's, it's, uh, like, I, 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 it sounds like exactly what I was, like, sort of expecting to happen from this season, which is why I don't really have a lot of, like, questions or, 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 or I'm too curious about, cause, like, I, I don't know. Like I said, the, the first season I was just met about, like, by the end it was good, but I literally had to watch, like, the second episode two times, because the first time I was watching it in the middle of the fucking day, I was falling asleep. That's how bored I was with that episode. And that's, and that's the whole because episode. you don't get enough sleep. No, it's just it was a boring <laughs> fucking episode. Like, that's the episode where you learn about Yennefer. And nothing happens. Like, it, yeah. it's just, it, I mean, nothing I get, happens. Yeah, like that, I remember, like, I remember finishing the first season and being like, oh, yeah, that was good. Like, I enjoyed that. But then a year later, or two, like, however long it's been, because I forget if that was a, that was a 2020 show, I think, like a. Or was that a 2019? It was, if it was 2020, it was very early 2020, because I remember telling somebody uh, I worked with about. So it was probably very early 2020 or very late 2019. It was, it was late 2019. It came out uh, December 20th, 2019. Yeah. So like, it's been, a, it, it had been a while since it, 
since the first season, but like I remember finishing the first season and being like, "Oh, that was a good show. I enjoyed that." Um, but then like by the time the second season was around, it was like I don't remember anything like particularly interesting about the first season. Mm-hmm. Like I remember like you know Geralt was done well. Good job to that, but everything else was just like the story was hard to follow and nothing really stood out. And like this season, I feel like next year or, or the year after, whenever season three happens, I'll be like, oh yeah, I remember all this. I remember like them mentioning the wild hunt and the weird shit that happened at the end of the season and the, the fun dynamic between Yennefer and, um, Yasker or Dandelion. I don't know how to say his fucking, um, his say, Swedish just, name. Just say the bard. Well, it's Dandelion in the games. Like, like yeah. his name translates to Dandelion. So in the games, like, for for Americans, he's just named Dandelion. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, like, that's literally what his name apparently translates to, from what I understand. Okay. Um, He's fun, though. I like that guy. And yeah. They have, him and, uh, and Yennefer have a very, like, antagonistic relationship, and not even, like, one of those ones where, like, they're obviously friends, but, like, they just kind of, like, bicker. Like... They don't seem to actually like each other at all, but they also know that they're kind of, like, on the same side of things, so they don't necessarily want to see the other person, like, have harm done to them. Yeah. They they, they kind of had that dynamic a little bit in the first season. Um, it was more of the, like, uh, Jasker or, or Dandelion did not trust her at all anytime she was around, but, like, he, like, he dealt with her because... Geralt was there, and Geralt was dealing with her. Um, so yeah, and that's just... yeah that that's more or less like what happens in this one too. And it's just like they get kind of thrust together because like Yennefer's kind of on her own at the beginning, and Geralt left Jaskier, so like he was also on his own, and like so that the, they just kind of get thrust into a like, all right, well, I guess we have to help each other get from like point A to point B, but like we're, neither of us want to. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but I guess, Rich, how about you talk a little bit about this uh, Terraformers game? Yeah, so um, we got access to the game Terraformers. Uh, I wanted to do more for the game, but unfortunately I didn't get access to it until Saturday, so it was very late. Didn't really have a lot of time to put anything together, but I did play it for a handful of hours. Um, and it is um, it is exceedingly fine. Like, <laughs> I am, I'm not, it's not, it's not a bad game. It's definitely not a bad game, but it's also, uh, my biggest problem with it is that it doesn't, it, it's, it's not unique enough to stand out because of the style of game that it is. So it is, it, it's Terraformers, it's a game where you're terraforming Mars, and that is a big interest in a lot of people, and it's, it's honestly a big, like, uh, um, uh, what's the word that I'm trying to find? Like, a lot of, a lot of people try to make games like that. I own three now that are just about terraforming Mars. One's literally called Terraforming Mars, mm-hmm. and it's based off it's it's a game created from Asmodee, which is based off the board game Terraforming Mars. Then there is Surviving Mars, which is uh, published by the same people who, uh, which is Paradox Interactive. They do the um, City Skylines, and that one is a city builder, whereas Terraforming Mars is more of a a strategy and this this one terraformers it kind of combines the the slightly combines the two to turn it into like a strategy city builder but it's not a sim city builder it's just a strategy city builder you get cards that you place down in in plots and like 
depending on where you place things, people might be more happy, they might be less happy. Um, and the goal is to get X amount of points and you, there's no competitive feature, uh, as far as I can tell, based on what I've been able to play. There's no sandbox feature. There's none of that. It's just straight up, you are playing, it's basically you're playing a more expanded, uh, terraforming Mars. And that's, that's really what it is. Um, because with terraforming Mars, you get one, you get one set, uh, one region, just one face of Mars that you get to, like, place your t- uh, tiles on and things like that. But there's objectives that you have to do each and every, each individual thing to get the success points to win. I've mostly only played single player of terraforming Mars, whereas, like, I, I haven't really done a lot of competitive, like, maybe one or two missions of competitive, or matches of competitive. But in terraformers, it's all single player. And you start off with a single city area. You have to expand from there. And uh, guys, I showed you, what, maybe like 12 to 15 turns in a match. And it was a whole lot of nothing. Yeah, that's definitely... I don't I don't necessarily want to talk like bad about it because I didn't play it. And I don't... Like, those are not my type of games. I don't mm-hmm. have the patience or the interest in, like, city building and, and, like, stuff like that. And I know this isn't a city builder, but, like... Anything where you're kind of relying on resource gathering to then, like, do a thing is just not for me. But it yeah. seemed very kind of just slow and yeah, it, kind, of, it, kind of boring. Like, there wasn't enough going on. Yeah, and that's that's really where it, it falls, is the fact that there's not a lot going on, it, especially right at the beginning. Um, you Every ten turns, you have to get a new, like, leader for your settlements or for your colonies. And the leaders have different different abilities which tend to not really do not really matter especially early on because at the beginning of the game you're just doing whatever you can to explore so you can get more supplies and find more city locations so you can expand out so that you can make sure your people are happy because the more exploration you do the happier they get as well and it just it it doesn't seem to actually matter what their secondary and what their second and third abilities are because especially the first 10 to 20 rounds or turns, you're not using them because you need to use your rover to go explore here and there because you're not getting supply enough supplies. I think it was what three rounds before I even got my, um, before you get the, the, the ability to trade back and forth. And I was really only able to trade food, either food or, or, or electricity. Which is, like, the dumbest thing in my mind. Like, why am I gonna trade energy, send energy to the, to the, to the, to Earth to return with, with water or whatever? Like, why would I send food to Earth to return with, with, with whatever? Like, it, it just, it, it kind of doesn't fully make sense. Whereas, if I, like, and unfortunately I'm comparing it to, like, Surviving Mars and, and Terraforming Mars, these two games that do these, the two genres that this game is trying to do very well. Surviving Mars has so many expansions to it and, and is a really good city builder survival game. Whereas Terraforming Mars is a very good strategy card based game where this is mostly a strategy card based game with some minor city builder concepts to it. And it's just like, if it, because this game is single player only, I would honestly prefer to play Surviving Mars over this, or Terraforming Mars over this. If this game had a more competitive nature to it, then it might keep me to push me to get better at this. But it, like, it just, it doesn't, it's not unique enough, and it doesn't stand out in Mm -hmm. the genre of Terraforming Mars, if that makes sense. 
Yeah. Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. And, like, the little bit that you showed of us, it definitely seems like if there was either some sort of, like, antagonistic side, like, like if you were playing, like, a civilization game or something like that where, you know, there are other cultures or other people, like, working Mars that you are trying to beat mm-hmm. versus just, like, the general, like, all right, well, the population's just unhappy with you. But, like, yeah. what does that really mean early on? Like, right. um, or, like, if there was multiplayer where, like, you were, e- like, either cooperative multiplayer where you had to, like, decide things with somebody else, or both sides had to try and terraform Mars independently, and whoever, like, hit a certain threshold, like, like a civilization game mm-hmm. first, would, um, would win. Yeah. Like, it doesn't necessarily need, like, the invasive combat thing that you'd get if you, if there was, like, some sort of antagonist yeah, and, settlement. Like, yeah. And and that's like that's how uh, terraforming Mars is when it comes to competitive play. Is it's you you complete actions and you're both working together, or you're all whoever's playing, are you're all working together to terraform Mars. But to, based on the actions that you perform during your turns or between turns and whatnot, like you get victory points, and whoever has the more victory points, whoever's pretty much very Catan like, if whoever is responsible for raising the sea level to a certain point gets that those victory points whoever's responsible for the atmosphere gets those ones and the the mode the the modes that i played the initial modes that i played in in terraformers like the, the game is card based and the more you play the more cards you get so you're going to have a hard time the first couple of matches because you're not getting the cards that you might have from playing later on which to me is a silly concept as well because it's single player it's not cooperative i would understand Unlocking more cards makes me better and cooperative, but if you're going to give me these objectives, let me have all of my abilities to do them in, in a way. Because it's also a card game, so it's random what comes to me. And at the beginning of the game, you're getting generally the same three to five cards, but as the the, the turns turn order gets higher, the turn numbers get higher, you're getting more and more advanced cards because you have more mining capabilities and more resources. Like... I played three matches of this game. I won one. And I think that was like 50-something turns. And like... Wow. Yeah, I had over... I had over 1,500 happiness with my... um, With my population because I learned in in the two matches. Like, you need to worry about happiness. If you're not worrying about happiness, you're fucked. Because if your happiness starts to decline, like, you guys saw I had a few notifications, like, that people aren't happy, and your happiness dropped. Like, if you, you can start getting that every turn, if the people aren't happy, if you're not considering how to bring your happiness up. And even with everything I had done in my one city, with getting, I think I was getting, like, plus 20-something happiness per city, or support per, like, per turn, they still weren't happy. Which means, either I wasn't expanding fast enough, like to other cities, or I, I I might not have been getting things, but the things that I wasn't getting were because I weren't getting the cards. Mm-hmm. So so now I'm being punished because of random. Yeah, that doesn't seem. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. Great. Like I I like I don't I don't want it to sound like I'm shitting on this game. Like it it can be fun if you don't already have Surviving Mars or Terraforming Mars, and you are interested in these survival type games. Definitely get it if you have one of the two, but you don't have both, you'll probably like this one. But for someone like me, who I'm very much more interested in the city builder aspect, this game doesn't really stand out to me 
because it's not a city builder, but it has those city builder features that, like, I, I, I'm kind of interested in, but I, I'd much rather go play the city builder about terraforming Mars. And, and like, if I'm going to pick up a card game or play a card game, I'm going to play one that I can play against because that's just kind of where I sit with card games. We've ha- I've I've talked about how much I didn't like uh the 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 what's it what's it called? Um the Kingdom Hearts card game because it was a fucking card game. But like at least in that one, you got to build your deck and same in Back for Blood, you get to build your deck. But in this, you don't have to get get to build a deck. You don't get to decide what cards come to you. But as you quote level up and progress and play more mis- matches in or more game modes, I guess I don't really know what to call them. As the more you play this game, the more cards you unlock, but they're not necessarily cards that you can use right away, and you may never use them. I unlocked like the train station, and when I was reading what the train station does, it made no fucking sense. So I never grabbed it. I'm like, if I were making my deck, I would not have this train station on here. So now we're wasting a spot with this train station anytime I get it on a turn. Huh. Okay. Yeah, like, I don't know. It, it definitely seems like the game has... It has some interesting ideas for, like, that type of game. Mm-hmm. But like you've said, it's it's sort of been done better elsewhere. Yeah. And, like, this game doesn't seem to have, like, the thing that sets, the, sets it apart. Or that mm-hmm. yeah makes it... Like, gives it something different yeah, to and, differentiate itself from the others. Yeah, absolutely. And if, like, I'm sure, maybe, because there are modes that I can't even get into because I haven't played enough. Maybe some of the other, like, game modes down below, uh, underneath the one that I was showing you, like, maybe those might be a little bit different, a little bit better, with a little bit of different play style or strategy-wise. But if I have to play, and, and, like, this is kind of how I am with Hades, like, if I have to play... 30 hours of this game that isn't very interesting to me to start to get to the interesting part, then I'm not really interested in the interesting. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But you know, like at least if people don't have other games of this like type that like do the same thing, Mm -hmm. at least this is one that like, you know, if you're into that sort of gameplay, like the card based, because it, those those were technically like cards, right? They they hundred percent they're cards. Like this game could definitely be a board game, but the only problem is it's it's global. It's not a one. It's not a two D space. It's a global space. So like it works better, obviously, as a bit video game. Yeah, and it looks like um it actually comes out tomorrow or uh, today it, if it, you're it, listening it, to this. It should be it should be the today, the twentieth actually. No no, no, no our embargo. Is the twentieth okay. like the embargo to talk about the game is the twentieth? Okay. Um. Yeah. So to, I will... like the game releases tomorrow. Yeah. So if uh, anybody who's listening to this, if you want to like, I'm actually jumping onto Twitch after we're done recording uh, to play. If you want to see my playthrough, I'm probably only going to do like an hour or hour and a half or so. It's going to be a quick stream. Uh, if you want to see me playing through this, um, you can go check my VOD on Twitch. Um. I would have posted on, I already did post on our Twitters and Instagrams that I was playing this, uh, tonight. So if you want to check my VOD and see actually what it's like, check out my Twitch and you, you'll, you'll get a good idea of what it, what it's going to be like. But I, I'm super appreciative of getting the opportunity to play this game and I wish I enjoyed it more, but it just, it's, it's not, it's not entirely what I would want in a game of this style. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that. That definitely makes sense. I unfortunately, it doesn't look like they have a price listed yet. 
on Steam. So I'm not sure what the the cost of the game will be. Uh, yeah, it's it's not. It doesn't look like it's going to show a price until tomorrow. I'm looking at it already. Uh, you can you can actually they have a they have like a free prologue you can download on a demo as well. So, but yeah, it doesn't. There's no price listed for it yet. Which like I understand like why games do that, but um, still kind of a bummer. Yeah. I, honestly, if the game is, I, I'll be a hundred percent honest. And um, uh, it was a Gorilla Publishing or Asteroid Labs. If you're if you're listening to this, I'm sorry, but like if the game's more than thirty bucks, I'd probably say it, it might not really be worth it. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, these things happen. Yeah, yeah. Like if like under thirty, like yeah, sure. But if it's thirty or more, I'd be I'd. I, you'd have to be really interested in card in a card game to play it, and uh, like let's as uh, like one second, let's look up terraforming Mars and see how much that is. I, instead of searching it, I just go to my store page. Um, terraforming Mars is twenty bucks, so it's and and in my opinion, terraforming Mars is a a a, a better game. That's I you know what like I feel like Terraforming Mars also has a little bit more like name recognition. Yeah, mm-hmm. Terraforming Mars they could probably get away with selling this for twenty five to thirty, uh, and it would probably it I'd say probably still not thirty for Terraforming Mars, but twenty five is definitely a fair price for Terraforming Mars. I don't know. I figure they could, in theory, get away with selling it for even more than that. Like the board game is like fifty bucks. Well, that's because it's a board game. Sure, but still, like. You're not you're not paying to play the game. You're paying for all the pieces in the board game. Whereas this is just it's a digital version of the board game. I mean, I'm saying forty would not be like an unreasonable price. No, in my opinion. No. Uh, and Surviving Mars is uh, forty at the moment. No, thirty. The digital deluxe version with all the DLC, or not even all the DLC. All the DLC is like a uh, hundred bucks for Surviving Mars. That's insane. That's, that's paradox. Lot. They it's, like yeah. put out shitloads of DLC for their games. It's because it's a city builder, and so they they can they constantly update it. They constantly add more things. So Surviving Mars has been out since 2018, and they have ten DLC packs or ten DLC things for it. Um, which the the most recent, uh, well, one of them is a radio station. Um, the most recent looks like. It came out in 2021, so like it had they they just they constantly update it with with new stuff. But yeah, like you said, that's that's how Paradox works. Like City Skylines, I paid ninety dollars for, and that's I that was the second time I paid for everything because the first time I paid sixty dollars for it. That's a lot. That's a lot for a game. Yeah, but it was I I had it on PC and then I wanted to start using mods and shit. Or no, I had it on PS5 and i it was on sale for all the content for like 40 bucks or 60 bucks or something oh i re- i do remember you doing this now and I so you got, i always forget you got everything yeah so i i bought it and it was on a really good sale and then i wanted to start trying the game with mods and using mods and then have it on ps5 and it went on sale for under 100 bucks for everything so i bought it again on on pc technically i own that game 3 times because it was free on the epic store as well once <laughs> so like I own it on Epic, I own it on Steam, and I own it on the PlayStation. And the new DLC that they released like two months ago, I think the the airports. I uh, I haven't even built an airport yet. <laughs> <laughs> I bought the DLC 
And I, I have been using the DLC because I'm on the map that I use on stream is one of the DLC maps. But I never, I actually haven't gotten around to building an airport yet because I feel like I need like a, a big city to make it worthwhile to build an airport. Plus, the airport needs so much space. So, all right. Well, I guess anything else you want to say about Terraformers before we uh, move along? I, it's do your research on it. If you think if you're interested in this. If you think you'd have fun with it, watch some people play it, see how it might work, and do your research. Don't don't just listen to one person about this game. But for me, I'd say look into other games, unfortunately. But you might like this one. All right, then. Uh, I played a little uh, Chrono Trigger, or Jesus, Chrono Trigger, Chrono Cross. That's, that's uh, like, that's an indie game, man. That's like some, some old school indie game that we even, that like not a lot of people heard about, right? Honestly, I actually don't know how, like, how prominent was Chrono Cross in 1999? I feel like it got pretty heavily marketed. Like, uh, di- didn't, like, GameSpot or one of them give it a 10? Uh, I don't I don't think it yeah. got a 10. I, no, no, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. GameSpot gave Chrono Cross a 10 out of 10. IGN gave it a 9.7 out of 10. Oh, and wow. I remember Jeff telling the story. Uh, a freelancer did the review, if I remember correctly, for that for GameSpot. And I remember Jeff telling the story about it getting a ten out of ten, and him being like, "This game fucking does not deserve a ten out of 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because isn't that one of the games where like he made somebody else also play it to like determine if it really was a ten out of ten? <sighs> that I feel like that might have been a thing. That might have been a thing, or it might have been after that. It became a thing where if somebody was going to give a 10, they, someone else had to go at least play it a little bit. Also, I think I got the, the year wrong. Oh, no, no, no. It was it was November November 18th, 99. The, the review for it posted in January of uh, mm-hmm. 2000. So I just... Oh, actually, you know what? I bet January, that's probably the... U.S. release date? Yeah, it looks like the... Um, the North ja- America. The Japanese re- release date was November of 99. North America was August of 2000. Yeah. So that tracks a little bit more. That person probably actually played like a port, like not a port, a um, an import version of the game. Because back then, like that's mm-hmm. what like GameSpot and IGN had to do. They would like hire people to like play the imported version of games if that person could speak Japanese. Because mm-hmm. there were huge gaps between when those games came out and came out in Japan and came out here. Granted, like certain things like fucking Persona still are like two years delayed between releases so who the fuck knows um but yeah so just up front i've never completed chrono trigger me either i've tried playing it like four times it's just never clicked for me um i've gotten several hours into it at the very least like i I remember getting at least to the future at one point um and i got to like the point where like you get magics and everything like that um but for for one reason or another i just never really I always would fall off that game. Um, I did, however, in like in 2000, buy and play play at least a good chunk of Chrono Cross at the time. I don't remember it super well anymore because that was 22 years ago. But I remember like this game came out right after I had played Final Fantasy seven through nine. Yeah. So like I like throughout throughout freshman year, I played the three PlayStation one Final Fantasy games. And then this game came out, it was on multiple discs, it said Squaresoft in the corner, and it looked like another like RPG like those, so I'm like, I liked these three games, let's get this one. Not knowing anything at all about it at the time. Um, 
because other than like Pokemon, like like the PlayStation era Final Fantasy games were the first like legitimate JRPGs, like turn based stuff that I had ever really gotten into. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked Chrono Cross at the time. Like it definitely has its problems. Um, and the Radical Dreamers edition, um, which I'm playing on Switch, does not play super well. I will say that. Um, and from what I've read, like, and I don't remember this from 20 years ago, but I guess the original version also had just some some performance issues, and they did not fix those in this port. Um, like, the game chugs sometimes, like, there are noticeable frame rate drops in a game, and, like, it's not like this game, like, looks really good. Like, it shouldn't be dropping frames the way it is. Mm-hmm. But it does. And from what I've kind of read online, seems like it might happen across the board. So it's just like bad coding. It's not like can't the hardware can't handle it sort of thing. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, it's got a really interesting battle system, though. I, have you, actually have either of you guys ever played Chrono Cross? No, I've I watched Eric play it because that's how my life was back. in the- That sounds about right. I mean, plus, like in the, in the year 2000, you couldn't read. So. <laughs> I mean, it's 2022. I still can. So that's valid. That's valid. I could um, probably read better back in 2000 than I can now. Yeah, everything. Everything but Pokemon has voice acting, so you don't have to read. Exactly. Uh, but so the battle system in Chrono Cross, it's one. It's a. All the enemies are overworld, so you can see them before you you get into a fight with them, which is always nice. And the the battle system actually has a stamina gauge, so you can only attack as many times as you have stamina. Um. The way that works is, at least early on, and I don't know if, if you get more as the game goes on, everybody has seven stamina points. When you do just, like, a regular attack, you can attack either with one point, two points, or three points of your stamina. And generally, in a in a single, like, attack run, you get multiple attacks. So, like, you can do, like, four or five, like, one-point attacks very quickly, or you could do, like, just two three-point attacks. Mm-hmm. Um there's a percentage on on hit miss for that though, so you know the the very first swing you take that three point attack might only have a sixty percent chance of hitting versus the one point attack actually has like a ninety two percent chance of hitting. So yeah. you can hit with that one, and you can probably hit with that one multiple times in a row and end up doing the same amount of damage the three would have done on its own if it landed. Um, and then every time that you attack, um, your other party members will get some of their stamina back. And they, they also get stamina back if they get atta- if they get hit by an enemy attack. Um, so, like, if I run up and I do, like, five one-point attacks, and both my party members are at two, um, two stamina left, they will get moved back up to their full seven, as long as my attacks actually hit. Um, if you defend, if your whole team defends for a turn, um, it seems to at the, almost fill it all the way back up. It kind of depends how low you are. If you're like at one or zero, every time I've defended, it jumps me. It jumps all three characters back up to seven as long as they all defend on their turn. Uh, if by chance you go into the negative, which um, the only way that, you, that I've been able to find myself in the negative is if I use one of like the spells or special abilities when I'm not at full stamina already, because the game doesn't block you out of that. It just literally puts you in the negative, and then you have to work your way out of the deficit before you can do anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're in the negative and you defend, you generally don't get all the way filled up, but you get you still at least get like a chunk of your stamina back and can start like attacking and and stuff like that again. So like it it makes it a little more it honestly makes it a little more strategic than a lot of the like the turn based fighting is. Like in most turn based battle systems, it's really just a 
who attacks first and who attacks with a with a better attack. Like how often in like Final Fantasy like seven, eight, or nine do you like defend? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in this, whereas in this game, like defending actually makes a difference. And I know like some of the older Final Fantasies and and other turn based RPGs over the years, like defending helps. Like um the Persona games, there's generally at least one boss in the game where it does something where if you don't defend when it's when it like um shows like the tell that it's going to do that move it's a, it's a one hit ko if you defend though you don't get hit at all so um but yeah so so sorry uh, off track there so yeah chrono cross has that like cool like stamina thing going on and then all of your magic and a bit all of your magic at least is all um like it's basically materia like it's stuff that you can just equip to your characters but like char- much like materia like characters can only have so many like different things equipped to them at different levels um and you can only use those things once so once per battle so like if i have um like fireball i can you know i could give my the main character surge like three fireballs and just in a fight just cast fireball three times um but if i only have one mm-hmm. fireball i can only cast it once in that fight and then it'll it'll um refresh for the next battle there are um like one one time use items that like will do attacks or will will heal or cure or anything like that but um for the most part it's like yeah you get a whole bunch of elemental abilities that you can like arrange on your characters how you see fit but like you have to kind of be strategic about it cuz like if you use one it's one, it's one and done for that battle and depending on the fight like you might want to hold on to that till later on maybe when the um when the the field is a little cleaner like you get some of like the trash guys out um so that you know who like the the last person is that you can kind of hit with like a one person hit essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and other than that, the it's sort of the opposite story concept of Chrono Trigger. So Chrono Trigger was all about time travel. This one is about alternate realities. So like the the very beginning of the setup for the game is the main character Surge um, goes to the beach with like his like childhood best friend, and at some point like falls asleep. And when he wakes up, he wakes up in a different world. And in this world, he actually had he died like 10 years prior he drowned in the ocean um so in this world like he doesn't actually exist but there are people that like are hunting him because they know he's there and he shouldn't be um and every once in a while you'll like talk to somebody who's like a psychic or or some or like spiritual person and they'll be like oh you don't belong here do you like weird shit like that um but like as you're playing like you just you recruit a whole bunch of characters um and it's one of those games where you cannot recruit all of the characters in a single playthrough. Um, yeah. There, there are very specific like scenarios to get certain people. So like the, the main female protagonist um, kid, who's like the blonde with like the, the red like jacket and white shirt. that's on like the cover of the game. Um, she is the first one that you have the opportunity to recruit. And she basically shows up, helps you beat some guys and then goes like, well, why don't we travel together? And if you accept that, she just joins you. That's that. Um, if you decline, you actually have a chance to recruit, like, your childhood best friend from this alternate world. Um, and then later on, you could potentially get Kid in your party. Um, if you actually don't recruit her again later, though, there are two other powerful characters that you have a potential to recruit. Whereas if you do recruit her at the later point, you can't ever get those two characters. So there's a lot of, like, do this and you can't do that going on. Which yeah. makes it kind of interesting because it definitely it gives it a little bit of replayability because if you want to see like all the characters and all the possible like interactions and storylines, you do have to play it more than once. And I think um, like even there's like I think if I remember, I can't remember if he said this. 
Like, there's like ten different endings or something like that. Yeah, the game definitely has multiple endings. I don't know how many, and it does kind of depend, I think, on what characters you get and how much of the game you've done. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, yeah, like, if, if you don't get Kid at all, um, then an ending, like, you're not going to have an ending with her in it, for instance. Yeah. But so, so far, I am early enough in the game that, like, I haven't started jumping between worlds yet. Like, I know at some point you just, like, you kind of, like, bounce between them fairly regularly, because that's just, you have to go to one world to get a thing to bring back to the other world and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say this game does a terrible fucking job of leading you. So, like, it's very much just, like, in the text, they will mention a thing, and then you're just kind of on your own to fucking figure out what to do. Yeah. So, like, I actually, in the in this Radical Dreamers edition, um, kind of like they, they've done with the, uh, like, the Final Fantasy ports over the last few years, they have those, like, um, life upgrades, so, you know, you can speed the game up or slow it down, you can turn off random encounters, um, you can basically turn on, like, invincibility with just, like, the click of buttons, um, mm-hmm. and you can actually turn on auto battle. So, like, I've actually, a few times where I've been, or I've just gotten stuck in, like, a trash fight, I just turn on auto battle and just kind of let it, let it do its thing. Um, cause it's like, I'm not gonna waste my time, like, figuring out, like, what element to use. I'm just gonna let them attack these little blobs until they're dead. And, um, the game's sort of, after you, after every fight, the game basically gives you the opportunity to automatically heal your characters with or without, um, consumable items. So, like, you can do, heal my characters as much as you can without consumable items. Or fully heal my characters and use consumable items. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't have to really keep track of, like, health and stuff like that between battles. That's but, cool. Like, can, yeah, you, but, can you choose to not do either? Oh, yeah, yeah. If, if, if you don't want to heal your characters, like, if their health is, like, low but not low enough that you give a fuck, you can just hit, like, don't do anything. Mm-hmm. But generally, like, doing the non-consumable stuff literally doesn't hurt anything. Like, you're not losing anything by doing that. So, like... I just do that every time if if I need to because why the fuck not? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think at one point I must have I've been swapping back and forth between like speeding the game up to like move around and then slowing it back down for like dialogue and stuff like that. And I think I must have accidentally hit the trigger that speeds it up during a dialogue and missed something because I'm supposed to save kid right now and had no fucking clue what to do. Like, they're basically like, you need this thing from a Hydra, but Hydras are extinct, so, like, fuck all. Um, and I looked it up, and apparently, like, this is the point where I then, I have to go back to the beach where I fell asleep, and use an item, and that item will then take me back to my world, where Hydras aren't extinct yet. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But, like, either they don't tell you that, and you're just supposed to stumble across it, or I just miss that in, like, the big kind of exposition dump that the, uh, this, like, chieftain guy just gave me. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like, it is interesting, like, like, seeing, like, the difference in the two worlds and interacting. You can kind of tell when there are characters that are potentially recruitable versus just, like, normal NPCs. Because, like, your normal NPCs just look generic and they don't have names generally or anything like that. And then when it's characters that are either going to be important to the plot or potentially recruitable, they al- almost always stand out. Like, they look different than everybody else and they have a name. Mm-hmm. So they're either going to be recruitable or a bad guy is kind of like how it ends up seeming. Because even some of the people that like have names in like villages that are like just important NPCs don't look all that different from the other NPCs around them. They just happen to have a name when they talk. So far, like I'm probably five or six hours into it 
And from what I saw online, it's like just the story is like 35 to 40, I, th- I believe. So like I'm not super far into it, but enough that like the combat's interesting. Um, being able to kind of like speed up and slow down and everything helps a bit, but it's, it's kind of janky. Like if I'm just, while the combat's interesting, it's the button input is very delayed. So like, it's actually easier if you're not using elements to just have auto attack on until you want to use an element because like I'll hit like a to, to like pick like what level attack I want to do. And sometimes it hit like two or three times before it actually accepts the input. Mm Mm-hmm. And, um, there was actually, there's, like, this mini-game. It, what, you go into, like, this, um, this mansion at one point. You, you break in. And in order to get a key to get into the mansion proper, you have to feed these, um, small dragon things. And they are so fast, and the game is so janky with the controls, that all I had to do was feed ten of them. Couldn't get past six at normal speed. Ugh. Um... Because it's just like, there's like this brief window where the, the dragon lifts its head up and opens its mouth. And you have to move in front of it, hit A, then move back to like the far left to pick up another thing of food. And if you don't do it fast enough and exactly at the right second, their mouth closes, their head goes down, and they just slowly start turning redder and redder. And as soon as one of the dragons is fully red, you failed the, the mission. Um, if you put If you slow the game down, though, you, you can actually see their mouths open. Like, it's not like this, like, blink and you miss it um, animation. And you have more time for the controls that are just not responsive to actually respond. Mm-hmm. But that, a lot of that is actually probably just, like, a bad porting. Because, like, I don't remember the button inputs being that bad in 2000. So it's almost like they didn't factor in that, like, refresh rates and stuff like that are drastically different now than they were in 2000. Um and just kind of like took the game as is and kind of moved it over. Yeah. But the uh this edition also ca- came with the Radical Dreamers, which was um like a graphical novel text-based thing that was supposed to be it was technically a sequel to Chrono Trigger, but actually the the main characters in it from what I understand were Surge and Kid, the main characters from Chrono Cross. So it's almost like one of those um those characters like the creator used those characters in Radical Dreamers. And then decided to use them again in Chrono Cross, but they're not the same versions of those characters. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of interesting, and I'm probably I'm probably going to check that out later on just to see what that was like. Yeah, makes sense. But yeah, that's that's Chrono Cross. It's at least narratively and like battle mechanics, it's cool, but like it's definitely got a lot of jank and just unpolished to it. Yeah, I I I, I really didn't expect them to do a lot into the porting and quote remastering of this game. I don't. It's funny though, because like. While, like, the other Final Fantasy ports definitely have, like, issues here and there, like, 7, 8, and 9, like, all play very well. Mm-hmm. Like, Drew, you played at least 7, I think, on, like, the, the recent port, right? Well, uh, no, I had bought the 8 PC port that came out, but not the, like, remaster port, just the original one. Because, like, they, oh. they released 8, like, twice now, I'm pretty sure, on PC. I and think I guess they've seven released as well, all of them. Too. Yeah, I think it was all three. I think it was seven, eight, and nine. Because they had, like, the old release on, like, Steam, and then, what? Two, I don't three? know that nine had an old release on Steam ever. Oh, I thought it did. But yeah, but e- either way, like, they got that, like, HD remaster release for all three. Of them yeah. That came out on, like, everything. I thought, I thought you had actually gotten one of those. Nah, I had gotten eight when that 
first came on Steam like five years ago or whatever. Maybe not that long ago, but it was like ten bucks or whatever. Didn't you? And like maybe this was a different version of it. Didn't you play Final Fantasy VII within the last like two or three years, like before the remake came out? Uh, Am I just making probably. that up? Probably. I'm sure I've played. I'm yeah. I do think I was playing <laughs> before the remaster, but that was just the PS1 version on my PS3. Oh, okay. Yeah, I did not. I didn't realize that. I I just assumed because they they've remastered and re-released them that you like had like the Steam version or something like that. Nah, I've just had a digital version on my PS3 forever. Yeah, I, I think I have that version too, but like they were like twenty bucks, so I bought all three of them on Switch because they play really good on handheld. And I, I wish I wish Chrono Cross played as well, but like it definitely doesn't. Yeah, I saw the, someone has done a mod on the PC version to fix the frame rate issues. That tracks. So if hopefully it's patchable. It'll it should yeah. definitely be patchable. I mean the problem is like a person doing the mod to fix it is not Square Enix doing the mod to fix it, and I'm not going to assume that Square Enix will fix something like that. Like, it'd be nice if they did, but uh, in, until it happens, I'm not going to expect it. Apparently, they still haven't patched uh, the frame drops and stuff. I, at least as far as I know, I haven't done any research on it, but apparently, and this is as of like two weeks a- or a month after the release of Elden Ring, Square Enix still hadn't patched the uh, frame drop issues in Final Fantasy VII Remake uh, PC port, so... Yeah, that yeah, sounds... Like, <laughs> they're not they great ju- at patching stuff, especially yeah, PC I, stuff. Apparently. Especially from, from, like, the Japanese side, like, it seems like like their American studios do a better job at patching, but almost, like, against the wishes of the, the corporate people in Japan. Yeah. Like, look at Avengers. Like, Avengers was, like, kind of broken early on, and, like, they fixed and patched it, but, like, it almost feels like um, Crystal Dynamics, like, had to do that, like, without, like, any support behind them. I mean, I think that's also, they kind of had to do that for the game to be successful, because, like, that was a games-for-service game, whereas, like, Final Fantasy VII Remake, like, it was successful on the PlayStation 5, and they kind of just released it on PC because they they could, and don't really care about it. Yeah, and so, yeah that's like, they, accurate. They, they already made their money, because it's the frame drop issues in Final Fantasy VII Remake are not game-breaking. Although gamers will tell you it is. It's not game-breaking to a point where it's impossible to play. Whereas the issues with Avengers was like, alright, this is this game kind of has no value to it. And so people aren't going to pay for the cosmetics, which is where they were going to make all their money back. Mm-hmm. So they needed to support the Games for Service game, whereas Final Fantasy VII, it's like, alright, well, it's out. Oh, a modder fixed it? Just do that. Yeah, and that's it. actually, and speaking of, of Avengers, um, they did announce that um, Jane Foster Thor is coming to Avengers as the next playable character. Oh, really? I haven't paid. I, yeah. I haven't paid attention to that. I never did the Wakanda stuff. I hear it was I think a little this, disappointing. Yeah, um, I think this is the first content update they've announced since then. They did do Spider Man. They did drop Spider Man in there, but it was only for the Playstations. And I didn't realize Spider-Man ever came out. They did. And he only had, like, one or two missions. It wasn't, like, a whole big storyline or anything. Right, right. That's right. Um, it wasn't, like, it wasn't like the Hawkeye and, and Black Panther where they actually gave it, like, a a narrative thing. It was yeah. just, like, here's the character and, like, here's, like, a quick mission to get used to them. Yeah. Have at it. Yeah. Um, if Chrono, uh, what was it? Chrono Cross, right? Um, yeah. 
11 unique endings with a 12th possible ending, but all that 12th ending does is adds a little bit of extra dumb. Okay, yeah, that that seems right, because, like, there are just so many possibilities in this game, because even, even getting into, um, so the, I guess the beginning of the game is one of those, like, it definitely takes place some sometime in the future, or, like, in an mm-hmm. alternate universe future something, maybe, um, but every time you start the game, you have a different character with you, so it's always Surge, and it's always Kid. And then the third party member is always somebody different. So you can just keep reloading the game until you have a character that you like there. I don't know if that actually plays any part in the game later on or not. But I know that's a thing. It's, so the, the tr- I was reading up on it a little bit. The true ending and the bad ending can both be achieved on your first playthrough. The other uh, ten endings are all New Game Plus only. Okay. And, yeah, cause, so, like, the first, like, like mission mission... Is um you you break into the, to Viper Manor? That's the mansion I was talking about. Mm-hmm. And I found out there there are two different ways you can break into it, and I I didn't realize that. I I took the one that seemed like the way that the game wanted you to, which was like you you find a kid on a boat, you find out that that's where you have to go. You find a guy that also wants to do it. You recruit him. You pay the kid on the boat to take you like to the back cliffs, basically, and then you like make your way up the cliffs and into the manor. Um, I found out last night while I was trying to figure out how to fuck to save kid that there was like this other area that if you like enter this area from the world map, it's like this weird underground like river tunnel thing that when you get to the end of it and climb up, you you climb up right in the middle of the fucking courtyard of the manor. Mm-hmm. So like I could have completely bypassed the like boat stuff and not dealt with um with the kid or with um recruiting other character if I didn't want to and just like gone right into the manor. Yeah. It would have been harder because I would have had one less character to use, but still, like, it's very much like, like, there's just lots of options, it seems. Yeah, there is. It's it's wild. I remember watching Eric play, and I think he had a guide, because we got guides for everything back then, because that's just what was available. And, like, he, I think he tried doing a full playthrough to get all or as many characters as possible or something, and it was just, it was wild. Like, I probably never would have played this back in the day at all, because it's just too much. Even now, I don't think if I'll, I don't think I'll ever play it. Yeah, I, at least in the in the the version that is available right now, like if if it's not like a thing that you want to dump the time into, it's not worth the twenty bucks. Like <laughs> it's just too janky at the moment. If they patch it and like get it stable, then like that's a different story. Because like like I said, the the combat system's interesting and is more complex than your normal turn based RPGs are. Yeah, and like the story seems interesting and like there are so many options, but. It just doesn't play well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that's it for Chrono Cross. Um, do either of you have anything else you want to talk about? No, I don't think so. Um, kind of over Elden Ring because you you never got good. No. Um, <laughs> the other the other uh, I fought uh, Radan, who is uh, supposed they they make such a theatric about this boss Rad Radahan, I think it is. Um, and this is gonna be quick. But, like, I've been kind of feeling down on Elden Ring for a while, for a few weeks. Took last week off of playing it because I was just like, I wasn't really feeling it. Um, and then this past week I played on stream and I went after Radahan, who's at the very southern part of, um, uh, Kaelid. And they make a big theatric about this boss where it's like, there's the, the festival of something I can't remember going on and all the heroes in the realm come and you can speak with like some, you can speak with Alexander the pot guy or you can speak with, um, the, uh, the, the, the wolf man or 
You can speak with a bunch of them, and it's like, oh, we're gonna go and fight Radahan and defeat him once and for all. Uh, he's he's killed battalions, and he he fought Melania, and like they make this whole big thing about him, and then you go in and like you have to like you have to watch the like this whole exposition about him, watch a little FMV or whatever you want to call them, little little movie, like two to three minute movie about him, and then. You go down this elevator, and there's a portal that takes you across to the other side of the water. And once you get there, throughout the entire battlefield, there's a bunch of summoning things that you can summon all the warriors that were in the castle. And so you can run and grab them, and this boss is this huge big boss. And he uses, like, arrows that can take out, like, half your health in one hit that they kind of home. So you gotta time your dodges right, then other arrows that, like, smash down it on you. And I actually run up to him, and the the fight takes three less than three minutes. A minute and a half of that was me running to him. The other minute and a half was me killing him and taking him down to like town to zero. Like there was more time wasted getting to the boss and waiting for the theatrics of the boss than there was actually fighting the boss. And that kind of just killed the game for me. Because this is supposed to be one of the hardest bosses and one of the hardest enemies in the realm and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and Melania couldn't even stand up to him and he's supposed to be epic. And I face rolled him. I didn't even try. And I, that sounds like you're just trying to brag now. No, no, <laughs> I hated it. I, like, look, guys, I got good. Because the next, this, the next boss I fought, I killed in one go. And then the next boss after that took me ten fucking tries. But the next boss after that was a trash boss that all I was fighting was to get a fucking sword. That's it. Like, it meant nothing to me to fight this boss because I can't use the sword. And I'm just like, this is... I had to... I did all that platforming and all that jumping around and then to get to this boss and fight the boss ten times. And all I get is a fucking sword and nothing else. Radahan had all of this theatrics to it. And was literally easier than the first fucking boss you fight in the game. And I'm just like, this kind of kills this game for me. Because, like, I, I, I've i always been half and half. Like, I started to enjoy it. But, like, these From Software style of game creation does not work in open world. Like, I miss having to take my time and not bypass and rush through enemies. Like, it, it, like dungeons are fun in this game, but they're not common enough. The running around in an open world just doesn't really work with the From Software playstyle. And I'm just like, I'm, I, I want to just beat the game. And so uh, in a couple of weeks, I'm really just going to focus on beating it and just play nothing else until I beat that and then get it done so I can play other stuff. Cause I just, I want it done. I, I don't want to have to come back to this, uh, like six months down the line. I just want to finish it. Well, why, I mean, like, if you're not having fun with it, why even finish it? I mean, it's not as much that I'm not having fun with it, as much as it's just, like, there are aspects to it that are are too frustrating and aspects to it that don't make sense. And there there could be a lot, of, lot done to make this game a little bit more entertaining. And, like, I know this is probably a, um... What's, what's the, uh, somebody in my, one of my discords calls it, like, a casual take, like a casual player, a casual game or whatever. But, like, give me a fucking quest list. Give me quest markers. That would make this game a lot better. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh, yeah. It, the the I, open world thing is cool, but, like, not having 
any directive at all makes it just it, it does make it kind of frustrating. Like I have a quest where you go talk to this woman Rainy, she's the 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 witch, she gives you the bell to do the summoning, right? And then you eventually meet her in her towers. She's like help me and my crew do these quests and so we can do this or whatever. I don't even know why I'm doing these quests because I don't have a quest like description or a quest box that I can read to understand what's going on. But she's like help 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 wolf guy and help uh this this guy and help that guy. All right, so I go talk to to that guy. I go talk to wolf guy and their their quests are like meet me here, meet me there. Sure, I can do that, but there's no quest marker. So where do I actually fucking meet you? I go to meet up with wolf guy. He's not where he said he would be. So what the fuck? And then eventually I get to the festival. He's like, oh, sorry we missed each other down where we were supposed to meet, but we'll see each other next time. What the fuck? And, but the, the one quest, he, you, you go talk to him and he's like, we're trying to heal the world of the plague or blah, blah, blah. I need you to go give this, uh, give this vaccine to a woman who's sick. All right, sure. Let's talk again. That's the end of the conversation. Hit the button to talk to them again. Have you delivered the vaccine to the woman who's sick? You have to go find her. Okay. Okay. Let's talk again. Maybe, maybe you'll give me, no, go look for the woman who, where's the fucking woman who's sick? I don't know. <laughs> and there's no marker. I'm just like, I, I like, like it is getting to the point where I might just like, bypass a lot of the bosses at this point and just go to the end. But, like, I want to experience Melania. I want to experience some of the more difficult bosses. But it's just such a letdown when that boss was just so, so easy. Like, why was that boss so easy? And, like, it's just, it was a bummer, more so than anything else. Well, uh, on, like, a slightly more, like, positive notice for Elden Ring, have you guys seen, like, that goofy um, let me solo her thing? Uh, no, I have no. not. So there is somebody, uh, I think it's, I think, is Melania supposed to be like that one boss that's just insanely hard? She's very difficult. When she hits you, she heals herself. Okay, yeah, so I, I've heard a bunch of people talk about that one. So there, th you know how, like, you can summon other players into your game to, like, help on boss, bosses? Yeah. So there is a, there is a player who I guess, like, has himself flagged for that fight. Um, and when you summon summon him and like he shows up in your game his, his display name is let me solo her he is um wearing nothing but like the loincloth and a pot over his head and wielding i want to say two katanas okay and solos her every time mm -hmm. like just doesn't even get does doesn't take a lick of damage and just destroys her for whoever like summoned him um and like that person just kind of has to hang out against the wall so they don't get in the way yeah it's um, um... Two katanas, dual wielding katanas is the meta right now. It's it's just super powerful. But it's just, it, it's very funny that, like, that's what this person is doing. Mm -hmm. And then there's somebody else who apparently started going in, doing the reverse thing. They the, Their name is Let Her Solo Me. <laughs> um, With the same exact, like, character setup. And I guess they just get destroyed as soon as they go in there. Like, they don't even, like, fight back. Yeah. That wouldn't shock me. So, yeah. I thought it was amusing. Yeah, and there's there's a lot of weird stuff. There's um, let's see, the speed runs are below thirty minutes. Um, the um, there is a level one all bosses speed run completed in a half hour, or not in a half hour, in three hours. And I think I just saw a no damage speed run completed in just over three hours. Nice. Oh, yeah, I had the speed the speed run record is below seven minutes now. Jesus Christ. 
Yeah, Jesus. that's insane. And that, the insane part about that is you, in, in order to get to the final area, you need to kill at least two bosses. So, unless they found a way to glitch through that to where you don't have to fight any of them. Like, you don't have to go into Lemport, the first city you get to. You can just walk right around it. Literally walk around it, not even fight Godric, not even fight Margit. You just walk around it. That's funny. The, the first paragraph on this says that uh, they're using zip glitches and they can skip right from the beginning of the game to Stormvale Castle. And then another zip to skip pretty much the rest of the game. Yeah. So. Which, like, I think it's it's cool when, when like, they find that stuff. But, like, I do, like, especially for games like, like the like the Souls games, I do like when it's more, like, skill and knowing, like, like shortcuts through things versus, like, actually, like, glitching and skipping whole sections of the game. Because, mm-hmm. like, if you watch, like, 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 some of the Bloodborne runs or, like, Demon Souls or whatever, like, they still fight most of the bosses. It's just they know the optimal... Oh, shit, sorry. I just spun my mic by mistake. Um, they know the optimal path, and they know exactly, like, where to stand and what to do for every boss down to, like, the frame. That, like, they just get through the game in an incredibly short amount of time. Yes, but also think about it for, like, these glitch speed runs. They're getting to the bo- the end game, like, super under-leveled. And oh, having no, to like, kill the final absolutely. boss, like, at level one. Oh, no, absolutely. That's why I said, like, I think those ones are cool. Like, I, I'm not, like, shitting on those, like... And, like, the, the skill to actually pull it off consist- consistently, like, just the, the glitches alone are, like, a huge skill level. Mm-hmm. But I just meant, like, watching-wise, like, I always enjoyed watching them actually, like, go boss to boss and just, like, do these, like, very intricate moves that, like, yeah, maybe it skips, like, a room or something like that, but they still end up at the boss mm-hmm. for that area. And then just annihilate the fucking boss. Like, they're nothing. Uh, but I guess that is probably an episode? That definitely is an episode, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, next week is our uh, next book club, which is going to be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from 1990 and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 from 1991, the uh, the live action films that they're available on Netflix. Um, I'm going to say let's not do three because I still haven't even st- watched one yet. I mean, that's your choice. I'm going to do three. I mean, you can watch all three of them and, and tell us about the third one and, and how bad it is. I will. You uh, know what? The- I'll even watch the animated ones. I don't know if I can act- or not the animated ones, the, the the new live action one and the animated one if we can find it. I mean the two thousand uh, the two thousand seven TMNT. I remember not being like terrible. Like I, I remember that being like a fun ish movie. Um, the two Michael Bay ones I did not enjoy. Well, you know what? I only ever watched the first one because I I disliked that one so much. I never bothered with the second one. First one was so good. Second one was fine. Yeah, I did not enjoy the first one at all. It's kind of like what they did with the Nickelodeon cartoon. It's just, it's it's not my Ninja Turtles. You're such a fogey. Says the guy who's, like, angry at Elden Ring for being too good of a game. I never said I was mad at it for being too good of a game. <laughs> said I'm mad at it for being too easy at points, but too difficult at others. Yeah, so so you're not good enough, that's all. Or am I too good? I don't know. It, you would only be too good if the whole game was too easy. You're inconsistently good, or or inconsistently bad, depending like which side of the coin you want to look at. We'll, we'll see what happens when I get to Melania and how good or bad I am. Oh, have you not fought her at all yet? I have not. I, I'm nowhere near her yet. I'm still have so much of the map to uncover. Like that's that's like there's so much in this game, and I'm just like lost. I mean, have I, you un- uncovered the the underworld map? Uh, like one section of it. There's still like three or four more, and yeah, I still ha- have like 
five or six sections of the overworld map to unlock. Man, you should play that game more often so you can actually get through it. I sh- yeah. Anyway, if uh, if you would like to see more of our content, you can head over to www.one-quest.com. You can also help us out by supporting us at patreon.com slash onequest. If you can't support us there with your dollars, you can always support us by going to your favorite podcast platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon, all the fun places. Uh, rate us, review us, subscribe to us. It all helps a whole bunch. You can also find us on social media. We are facebook.com slash onequestonline or at one underscore quest on Instagram and Twitter. Our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash onequestvideo. And you can always send us an email to social at one-quest.com. Otherwise, we'll be back next week with something else to talk about. Thanks for listening. Bye. See ya. Bye.